To the podcast Appetite for Distortion, episode 415. My name is Brando, along with Baby Brownstone. We will see how long he lasts. He currently has the hiccups because he drank too fast. TMI, nobody cares. Lauren Schaffner, I'm pronouncing that right? Yes. Okay. Uh, no, it's, does anyone make that? Because I don't William Shatner, that, that reference, like you're trying, you're related to him, but you're trying to hide it. Anyone ever ask you that? I get called Schaefer more often than not, which they're eliminating the N. The N is not silent. <laughs> um, so, no, it is not Schaefer. It's Schaffner. Um, I don't know if anybody's confused me with William Shatner, but you, I feel like I can hear it. If anything, John Schaffer from Eister, that might be a little bit more of a connection that you don't really want to be oh, <laughs> associated with. Yeah, no, well, right on. Well, Lauren, if you don't know, is a writer for Loudwire. And a massive Guns N' Roses fan, one uh, one of the the people in the media, um, like myself, just waving that GNR flag high, fighting off haters who spell Axel with an E and try to still insult them. And I, I want to bring you on today because I never do episodes within 24 hours of each other. However, Guns N' Roses has news and a new song. Oh yeah. Uh, perhaps, perhaps it finally happened. So I, I want to talk about that. And also you were at the New Jersey show. So I figured uh, maybe do like a, a recap part two, a re- review part two, because I spoke about my experience. Um, but that's later on. Let's talk about the biggest thing. What do you what did you know about perhaps take us through your your day yesterday? Uh, and I'll talk about mine. Well, what was your experience like and then and, and listening to it and just take us through your perhaps jur- journey? Well, man, yesterday, I mean, this has been, it's been weeks now that they've been teasing this, you know, like people thought it was going to come out last Friday. Um, I was kind of hoping at the show the other night that they were going to surprise us with it, but because they kind of, they did that with Absurd and uh, Hard School around when those songs came out. So um, yesterday, not going to lie. I when I shut my computer last night after work, I was donezo with the internet, and I, I did a little post on my Instagram of photos that I got from the show, but I did not really pull up social media the rest of the night, so I didn't even know that it was premiering on the radio. I woke up in the middle of the night and saw that on Reddit <laughs> that it had come out, and then I, you know, found that it was Q1043. I don't know what other stations, but that's you know New York is by me, so mm-hmm. and you, um, I'm assuming. So yeah, um, I saw that it premiered there, and there were a couple links, and I was like, do I, do I do it? Do I do it? Because I not really, I don't listen to leaks. I didn't listen to it when it leaked on Saturday. Okay. Um, I was just like, you know, I want to hear it when the band wants us to hear it. But at that point, if they release it to radio, they're fine with people hearing it. People are already hearing it. Sure. So I listened to it and I was laying in my bed half asleep and I was just like, uh, like this sigh of relief because absurd. Can't lie. Not a fan. 
So when it came out, it was, and I don't hate it. I like it live better than the studio recording. But when mm. the studio recording came out, I was kind of like, okay, damn, like this is what we waited all this time for. <laughs> and then Hard School came out and that was killer. And I loved it. I played it on repeat for like, I don't know how many times and I never do that with songs. So came into the situation 50-50. It could either go the absurd way or it could go the hard school way. I could either <laughs> love it or hate it. Okay. So I was really relieved when I heard it. As soon as it started, like, I think the melody is pretty addictive in it. And I just, I thought it sounded great. And that was upon first listening again at half, you know, I was half asleep. And then I saw like a clip, I believe you retweeted it. It was a clip that somebody shared of um, the band members greeting themselves on the radio station. And you hear them say like, hey, this is Steph McKagan, this is Slash, this is Axl Rose. And I was like, oh my God, it's so crazy hearing them like talk because they never talk. Well, I, I, I hate to ruin your rain on your parade there. That recording was done years ago. Sorry, okay. <laughs> much like this, like most of the song, and we'll we'll talk about uh, our opinions yeah. on that. Um, yeah, because I, I work well. I work for Premier Radio Networks, which is under iHeart Radio, and okay. uh, iHeart here in New York has a cluster of radio stations. One of which is Q one hundred four three, and I'm lucky which uh, of which to be a part time producer there and board up. So a lot of times I I will go in in the morning show when they're morning guy uh morning producer trevor's out and i fill in i did that recently you know i have to wake up at 3 a.m to get there by 4 a.m wow yeah i mean when i was younger uh it wasn't as it was still hard but yeah nowadays i'm just like oh my god i want to die when i wake up but when you get there it's fun and i often if you follow me on instagram i post like when, whenever gnr is playing at like 4 30 in the morning whatever i was is anyone up? Anyone else listening to GNR? So yeah, just you know, a little behind the scenes with radio theater of the mind. You know, there's a lot of when people come in for an interview, they're doing tags for the you know the station. Hey, this is so and so you're listening to, you know, and it's and it's interesting because with Q1043 and there's so many classic artists and bands, half of them are dead. Mm. I hate to say that. So a lot of them are retired. I mean, we even had Pee Wee Herman doing like a, an intro for Q1043, so that's officially retired. So yeah, the, the Axel one, I couldn't even tell you when that was done um, or even where that was done. Slash, I know he's coming. He's interviewed with Jim Kerr, our Hall of Fame morning guy. Um, a handful of years ago, Duff came in maybe right before the pandemic, so I think they were all recorded separately and edited together you know the beauty of radio so sorry i was <laughs> I, w I was kind of wondering because i figured they weren't together but when i heard axel he sounded young and yeah. i tweeted about it and i was like axel sounds like a baby here so i feel like you can kind of tell that it, it is an older recording but yeah. i was just in that moment really hopeful that, <laughs> I know. that it was something new so but thanks for sharing that. Yeah, no, no problem. <laughs> I'm sorry to, to rain on your parade, but I'm glad you represent a lot of fans because not a lot of, even though you shut your off your, your internet for the night and I'm <laughs> trying to be a dad, like a real dad at times and not looking at the internet and focusing on him. But, you know, having a podcast, I'm always constantly, I'm sure you can't help, but we're on social media anyway, just checking Twitter or Facebook or something. And I just saw some random comments about saying, oh, I have radio friends saying it's officially coming out. And I hadn't heard anything. I primarily work from home. You know, this is where I work, this little studio since the pandemic. I, I only go in to do that morning show. I mean, I still get email. I'm still in the, uh, 
the company and I'm still part of the conversation, but I'm not there every day, especially for Q. So I'm, I guess like radio, I haven't heard anything. So I just email my boss, the program director of Q1043, who oversees a lot of classic rock stations for iHeart. And I said, I, I won't say anything just for my own knowledge. I just want to know if these are false rumors going around. Is this true? He goes, no, the new song is coming out tonight at midnight. It's called Perhaps, Perhaps. And I keep thinking, my, I was laughed to myself at first. Oh, I know what it's called. I, <laughs> I know about this song. We've known for We've a long kn- time. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I was like, oh, wow, okay. And then now that I had con- like real confirmation, like why would this guy make it up? It's not reading it on Reddit. It's not reading from a, a, a fan insider. It's reading it from a guy in control of the number one market in the United States on radio. Like he's not making it up. And I even listened to the radio and uh, another hall of fame, uh, a famer we have at Q Carol, Carol Miller. She uh, announced it on the radio. She, I'm like, okay, Carol wouldn't lie. You know, she's been doing this for 50 years. Uh, so I guess I, can I say anything vague? Can I announce anything vague online? Sure. Actually, we've been teasing all all day about something coming up at midnight for GNR. I'm sorry. For someone who works in radio, I only listen to the radio when I'm in the car. It's just, <laughs> it is what I don't listen to it yeah. at home. So I had no yeah. idea. So I post something. Something's coming at midnight. Then I see people retweeting it and everything getting excited. I'm not answering anything because that's not my place. Then I see Q1043, their, their actual Twitter, announce it with the uh, eight ball magic eight ball logo and i'm like okay they announced it with details um, now i guess i can it's out it's out and that's when it blew up and it was all q1043 and i have a lot of international people that follow me so they're like how can i listen i'm sharing the the feed and i, I actually logged into work from home to see the song in the system to make sure it was real and when I saw perhaps at like three minutes and whatever seconds, uh, yeah, I know, perhaps he's excited too, man. Perhaps He's like, no, I like the demo more. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's kind of how it happened. So I also want to say just to show how not as cool as I sometimes seem to be, no one told me. None of my coworkers told me. I had to, I just asked on a whim because of things that I saw. And my boss was like, oh yeah. So I don't know whether to be insulted or not. Like, how do you not tell me? Or they're just also other, like busy with other shit, which is probably the reason. But, I mean, my, my podcast is on their website, on Q's website. You would think they would tell me, but no one told me. They're so, trying to prevent a panic <laughs> from spreading. <laughs> maybe, maybe. But so, yeah, I didn't, uh, and I asked with permission. So anyway, that was my kind of thing with it. And uh, But you do the right thing with not wanting to listen to the leak, which I kind of regret doing because it just wasn't worth listening to. It just was so over, you know, it was taped at a bar with people drinking and crowd noise. You couldn't really hear anything. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that was why I didn't want to. It was like, I, I don't want my first impression to be something that somebody recorded somewhere. So I was like, I'm just going to hold off when, when Axel wants me to hear it. I'll hear it. <laughs> but my, my overall impression is uh, I do like it. Absurd, I've gone on record by saying I don't know why I like it, but I like it. Maybe it's because I saw it live, I think, first. And it's just, it just sounds, even though it's it's an old song, it just sounds fresher for whatever reason. Um, and Hard School, I love too. It played that on repeat, you know, constantly. 
and, and, and perhaps I do like it, but this is what, I don't know if it's a rub or whatever it is. It just sounds like it belongs in Chinese democracy. Absolutely. And, oh, you're right. Cough it out. Cough it out. <laughs> um, I can see I'm multitasking. I can be a parent and a, and a radio host. There you go. So uh, it sounds like it belongs in Chinese democracy. And it just doesn't sound as updated as the other two. But I like it. But the big thing is with Axel versus how music is today, it sounds like it belongs on a record and I should be hearing something before and after it and, and absorb this song that way. As a standalone single, a lot I've seen mostly positive, but I don't think people understand what to make of it. They think Guns N' Roses, they still think Appetite for Destruction, some rockin' song, and this is a piano, you know, a different kind of chorus. So if you're not up to date with what Guns N' Roses have done recently, however you want to define recently, I could see you being like, I don't know if I like this song, but I like it because I like Chinese democracy, but that took me a few listens to really unpack it. So I have more listens to do to fully understand it. For sure. I, I immediately thought of Catcher in the Rye yeah. when I heard it because of the piano and they played that the other night. That was my first time getting to hear that live. So that was exciting. Me but, too. Um, I think that the way they've kind of rolled those three out, even though it's been two years apart from the last two, I think that it kind of just goes to show like how diverse their sound is because absurd i think kind of falls al more along with like i see people related to my world mm -hmm. kind of how it had like a more futuristic type of new metal sound to it and then hard school i think falls more in line with like the bluesy hard rock of appetite a little bit and then i think that perhaps is kind of fits in more with the, the piano ballads and the chinese democracy like you said so i think they're kind of i don't know if that's axel's like way of saying like we're still you know gonna make all different kinds of sounding music so don't expect appetite 2.0 because he's mm -hmm. been saying that for so long so i mean that's a fair point it shows that they how diverse the evolution of gnr is uh, there was the the video that i know you guys reported on about tom mayhew saying that there is appetite stuff so in my fantasy brain with no insider knowledge i just keep thinking that they're going to release more stuff that hey axel you shouldn't be sitting on these songs for so long they're great we'll update them and then when that's over the tour is over we're going to come out with all fresh and i could see it being packaged like a gnr lies where you had these songs maybe not on an album yet i mean i know there was on uzi suicide but it would be here's a new album with new material and some older stuff that you can get right here you know not just a one-off single or maybe it would be a small ep that's just my guess because slash is going to do the blues album he's, he's going to be with miles kennedy and i'm hoping we're all hoping axel is going to use utilize that time to make new new music and that being said i i, th I think i've seen you defended on, on twitter or x twitter whatever it is i don't really care that the song is 20 years old i mean yeah i i would also like a song axel wrote today but it's new to probably the majority and artists do this all the time it just wasn't the baby wasn't ready the baby took a lo 20 years to be born for whatever reason uh so I, that doesn't really bother me that it's old i'm just glad we're finally getting to hear it legally and not through a leak and not through touch tunes uh which was um it, it would have been cool let me ask you this it would have been cool to have touch tunes on purpose for a day and then radio for a day and then being able to download it 
the next day, like a two-day promotion where you have to go somewhere or, you know, experience it differently. I know those are random thoughts that I had. Yeah, so I saw people, I spent a lot of time on Reddit, and I saw like half of the section was writing saying like, why are they doing a radio premiere? It's 2023, and somebody's response was, it's Guns N' Roses. And then other people were saying, I kind of liked the fact that you had to take an, like make an effort to yeah. go somewhere and listen to it as a group together and all get excited to be hearing it for the first time at the same time. Mm -hmm. So there's that feeling of like camaraderie, not just like, okay, here it is. It's on Spotify. Everybody can hear it all at the same time now. So I do mm -hmm. think that that is kind of a cool way of doing it. Agreed. Yeah. Assuming that was what, by design, I think that is a cool way of doing it because everyone else does it. Yeah, here it is. Which it's being reported that the song is available on Spotify in New Zealand, in Australia, as we're it's recording this tomorrow. There, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so I, my guess is it's going to be slowly rolled out on streaming, so we can all get it that way. Uh, I did record it my, for myself just to be able to unpack it more, because yeah, if it's a song you hear on the radio once, and this is Guns N' Roses, it's a, it's a lot to take in, but. That being said, I still like it. I'm still glad that, look at this, Guns N' Roses. They always find a way to surprise us. And this will be a nice shift to, I was just like you. You had better seats than I did. So perhaps you had a better, pun intended, you had a better, <laughs> you had a better, a better per, a perception than I did of the show. Um, I was hoping that they were going to play, perhaps. And you heard the rumors that they, they um, sound checked it twice. And, and it didn't happen. So, whatever. That being said, now that disappointment is taken away because it's out. But what did you feel about the overall show? Can you tell us about your experience? Because I know I saw you tweeted that you went alone, and you, but you, and you also had you were on the floor. I think you had some great seats and maybe uh, yeah. some tips about how people can get tickets for a cheaper price. Okay, so I'm gonna preface this by saying I'm a bit of a brat and I refuse <laughs> not to see them from the pit anymore because. In 2018, they announced a one-off show in Hawaii. My mom was like, let's go, like for Christmas, like I'll take us for Christmas. And oh, I was wow. like, you don't gotta twist my arm. <laughs> <laughs> so we got tickets in like the 100 section maybe, but I was working at Sterling Sound at the time and their mastering studio, Ted Jensen, super legendary mastering engineer for decades now. He remastered Appetite when it came out, when it like came out again a couple of years ago and it was reissued. Mm -hmm. So working for them, they ended up getting me put on the guest list. So my mom and I got to go backstage. Nobody was there, but before the show. And then we got to go in the pit and I ended up meeting a bunch of people that travel all over to see them. Um, and they always are in the pit and just being right in front of them and you know, getting to see them so up close and how human they are in, in person, it was just an entirely different experience. So ever since then, I have seen them from the pit every single time. And I saw them again three times in 2019, twice in 2021, and then the one this year. Okay. So when I went in 2021, also MetLife Stadium, mm -hmm. I bought the ticket maybe four weeks, three or four weeks before the show because it was right as shows were starting to happen again after COVID. Paid probably with taxes and fees around 420 for the pit ticket. And I was like, thank God for credit cards. You know? <laughs> so I was standing online waiting to get my wristband for the pit that day. And I heard a guy behind me talking to somebody else saying like, oh yeah, I, I just got mine today. I paid like 120 and I was like, 
<laughs> I did not. I did not just hear <laughs> that you spent a third of what I spent. So this year when they announced the tour in the spring or whenever it was again from spending a lot of time on reddit very very helpful over there there's a lot of uh, super fans on there they were saying that the same thing happened in other cities in 2021 chicago apparently the pit dropped to like 90 dollars the day of so mm. uh, everybody was saying if you want pit like don't spend the full price of what they're i'm totally team brazil is going to come after me for saying this but <laughs> <laughs> they you know, they drop, it's supply and demand. They do, they use the dynamic pricing. So when they announced the tour, I was like, I'm gonna wait till like the week of or whenever they're gonna drop. So all of last week, I was checking Ticketmaster for other shows. I was looking at Hershey to just compare the ticket prices. The pit in Hershey was 345. And until about five hours before the show started, it remained at 345. And then all of a sudden they dropped to 149. Wow. And so I was like, okay, there's hope. Like. I'm just going to have to wait until Tuesday and pray and, you know, see, I'm going to go, like, I'm going to figure it out. Um, so that morning is when I ended up finding out that my boyfriend couldn't come with me anymore. And I hadn't gotten the tickets yet, but I was like, it's fine. I've seen them twice by myself already. Like I'm a big girl. I'm not going to miss the show because you can't come with me. So I ended up waiting and around 1130, I was refreshing Ticketmaster like every hour. <laughs> like, I was like, I am not missing this opportunity. So at around 11.30, they dropped from 3.95 pit at MetLife to 1.49. So I immediately purchased it, came out to like 1.86 with the taxes and fees and stuff. And later online, I saw people saying that they sold out really quickly. Hmm. So I was like, good thing I was like checking it as obsessively as I was. But yeah, I, I ended up not leaving until around 6.30 to go to the show. No offense, I just had no desire to see the pretenders. It's a lot of standing. When you're watching Guns N' Roses on your feet and they play between three and four hours. Yeah, that's true, that's a good point. I I didn't want to be on my feet for six hours. Okay. So, yeah, so um, I got there about, I don't know, 45 minutes before they came on. I was kind of like walking around, got drinks, went in the pit. And then they came out a little bit after eight, the Andrew Dice Clay, that was a uh, unexpected, crazy. I never heard anything that he's done before, but I was just standing there and I was just like, wow, I can't believe you can still say this in 2023. Did you know who he was, even though you didn't know his, okay. Oh. Yeah, he's been on Loudwire before, I believe, or we've covered him, so that's okay. how I knew his name, but. Yeah, he was uh, big when I was like in high school and uh, even i don't even know in college he had like, he was huge obviously he sold he was the first comedian to sell out Madison square garden and and yeah i mean his sense of humor is not pc at all in today's world um i mean it's far worse than anyone you can even like imagine you know if you if you think dave Chappelle is rough or bill burr is rough i mean dice doesn't care and uh, i just didn't know what to expect and he just kept going that's what oh, yeah. it was. I thought he was gonna do a few minutes, and it'd be like, "Ha ha, that's really cool." And in addition, I posted the video. My wife's face is priceless, <laughs> and the old lady next to me, she was horrified, mortified. She's like, "It just keeps going and going." She's like, "There are kids here. There are people covering their ears." It's like, the <laughs> I'm laughing. I'm laughing at it all. It's yeah. not necessarily that like I, a lot of that humor left me in high school. But, I mean, I think the whole concept was funny that he's out there just totally mortifying half the, this huge stadium. And uh, also thinking, 
You're seeing Guns N' Roses. Have you read the lyrics yeah. to Absurd? Yeah. There are some foul, there are some foul language coming out of Axel anyway. Uh, They've had a, that's, a mortifying, you know, show of their own over the decades. So, I yeah. mean, if you're, if you're going to see a rock and roll band, like, you can't expect PG. She's like, it's just how it goes. She was like, I'm so disappointed in Guns N' Roses. I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry. <laughs> They're uh, friends. They, they are friends. I've tried to get dice on my podcast, and the one time I got a response would just, just said no interviews now. And like, mm-hmm. I just hear it in his voice. No interviews now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I don't know. But I thought the show was so good. And like, <laughs> like I said, I've seen them like six times maybe since that Hawaii show or five times. And I think that vocally that this was the most confident that Axel of the shows I've seen has been in years i thought that there were moments you know we struggled a little bit let me ask you with that because that some people appreciate it and thank you for those who appreciate because i don't want to say this as a negative negative has a negative connotation to be if that makes any sense it's more of an observation and being honest with myself and and but still rooting axelon and and encouraging people to go to the show uh, specifically Welcome to the Jungle, he, it just seemed like the band played slower. And while he seems that was part of the enjoyment for me was watching him, not always as much, not necessarily for listening to him, but to watch his facial expressions, to see him move around, he seemed very confident in owning that stage. But like Welcome to the Jungle and Catcher in the Rye, vocally for me, and again, I had bad seats. I was off. So I'm wondering if... Maybe there was a difference when you were had both speakers right in front of you being in front. If, if for, Those are the two songs specifically, to me, did not sound great vocally. And yes. I, I, I say that with no pride at all. Yeah, I, listen, you, he doesn't sound what he sounded like years ago. That's just the reality. It's something that as a fan of the band, you have to accept as a fan of him being 61 years old and singing for three and a half hours and singing the way he sang for over 35 years i mean that's, you have to that's a point that i want to thank you for bringing that up but i forgot to bring up in my review the way he sings is so different than anyone his age it's not just like oh he's 61 listen go back and watch the way he used to sing when west arkeen was still alive that that video that Nick circulates when he's i think he might have been oh what was he singing you're crazy or anything i don't they're know at a bar. they're at a bar you know what i'm talking about um yesterdays and the garden thank you thank you look at you see every, <laughs> better than me you should host your own podcast so uh <laughs> yeah, listen to that i mean he's he can't, you can't do that no listen to marge no. simpson julie cravern who does that voice she can't do marge like that anymore and that's not anyway sorry yeah, i just want to say I thank mean, you for bringing that up oh of course it, you know it's saw them back in 2016 and you watch the videos from 2016 compared to now and there's an obvious decline in the strength of of his voice but you know you watch the acdc videos he had a lot of strength still in his voice but i think he still for singing the way that he does still has a lot of strength in his voice i think he really utilized the power of his lower register Mm -hmm. um i think on this tour they're smart to have added like bad obsession and pretty tied up Mm -hmm. and a couple other down the farm like lower register songs where he can really belt because he still has 
the power. He mm. still has the energy. He's still sprinting around the stage and doing his kicks and his little microphone swings and spins and all that stuff. And I think you have to be realistic. And people who are going and seeing them now for the first time, yeah, you might not. And you compare it to Appetite for Destruction, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what? what is your talent? You know, I, I just... I don't know, it frustrates me because I'm like, how do you expect something? Robert Plant can't sing the way he used to anymore. Listen to John Bon Jovi. I used to love Bon Jovi. Videos of him from 2022 are painful to listen to and he didn't sing remotely close to the way Axel has for all this time. So I just think that people need to be a little bit more realistic, less judgmental. You know, there's times in the past where we've bullied musicians mm -hmm. and then something happens to them and then they're gone and then everybody wants to hail them as a hero but you treated them horribly and bad mouthed them all over the internet while they were still here yeah. so i just think that 100 percent i could i could go and become on his uh defense <laughs> i know i'm uh, axel i i defend him as well within the critique or however whatever word you want to use the observation because i don't want to use a negative i encourage people to go i want to go again i want to be able to take him for you know, as long as uh, they're touring. So I don't want them to stop other than to work on music or something like that. So I want the, the, the brand to keep going. But yeah, there are just times where you're defending them, but you don't want to seem like, it's like in sports where you can't criticize, like you, you can still be a fan and critique the thing that you love. You know, that doesn't mean you love them any less or like them any less. I think there's ways to go about it. It's those who get nasty, you know. I think there's yeah. a difference with telling people what they should do with their lives. You know, oh, you should retire. Why? Mm -hmm. If that's what they love doing, why should... I mean, aside from the fact that they're still successful, uh, why? Why tell someone else what to do with their life just because they don't maybe do it the way you wanted to? to do it or see it so i'm with you and that's another reason why i wanted you on because you're one of the defenders that i uh i see and that needs to be out there we got to defend our gnr because they don't do it themselves they don't defend themselves no because what's what's the point i mean i know, you're right. been having to deal with he's been telling off the press for so i'm like oh, if i ever meet him i can't tell him what i do because he's just gonna hate me right off the bat <laughs> I know. So. I, uh, well, I hope that never happens to you. You, but you got to interview a lot of people's heroes and yours. Slash. Yeah. So, what year did that happen in? It was a couple of years ago, right? That was 2022. It was last year. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, man, everything since the pandemic, and, and especially since him, it's all one <laughs> one long long day. Uh, how was that experience? Oh my God. So my coworker ended up texting me on like a Monday night at like nine o'clock. He's like, do you want to interview Slash tomorrow? And I was like, no, but yes. I was like, I did not feel like ready for something like that. Like I, I, it was a very spur of the moment thing. I drank like half a bottle of wine after that. I was like, I need to loosen up for tomorrow. So um, I started writing my questions while I was drinking that bottle of wine. Nice. I like, I'm, I had pretty much the whole interview like written out for the next day. We weren't supposed to ask Guns N' Roses questions. It was mainly about um, right. one of the guitars he was putting out through Gibson, and then he had four coming out with Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators. So, I mean, I asked a couple things about like I I asked him. You know, a lot of people look at you as a hero now. Do you remember what it felt like when you were getting invited on tour with your heroes? Like, they, there were subtle things I was asking about Guns N' Roses, but it wasn't like, I wasn't allowed to go in and say, okay, when is this song going to come out? And good right. thing I didn't, because it didn't come out for a year and a half after. <laughs> so, um, 
Yeah, but it was crazy. It was like I had I li- I lived somewhere else, but I had a couple records on the wall behind me. And immediately I, I said to him first thing as soon as it started, I was like, I just, you know, without geeking out too much, I just want to tell you that like Guns N' Roses is the reason I do what I do. I've loved you guys since I was a kid. And, you know, you've kind of paved a big chunk of my life for me. And he was like, yeah, I see us up on the wall, like behind you on your little wall of fame. And and just hearing him say my name, I was like, freaking out but I wasn't he was so cool to talk to and it was such a relaxed interview and I couldn't believe how calm I felt throughout it and he was really cool to talk to and then at the end um when he hung up I I started bawling (laughs) and I I sent a picture to my parents and I was like I did it (laughs) it's over yeah and so that was kind of like all right well you know if I god forbid get hit by a bus or something tomorrow I'm fine like I (laughs) just got to zoom with slash so um, yeah, you know, I've looked up to them since I was a little kid, so awesome. that was a really big moment for me. Well, I'm glad you had that experience and hope to share in that crying uh, one day, just to have that as well, because it, it, it's difficult, you know, because they yeah. do uh, stay away from the press, and especially, you know, it's different when you're writing for Loudwire as opposed to a GNR-centric podcast, yeah. but uh, but yeah, I've always heard that same thing about Slash, so I'm glad you had that, that awesome experience, so... Um, if, if people want to read that article, they can. I know it's posted to the top of your page, I believe on uh, on, Twitter, on yeah. X X Twitter or whatever it is. Oh yeah. So um, what other are anything else as we wrap up this? And I'm glad he's baby Brownstone fell asleep in my arms, so he's gonna be all ready for the babysitter <laughs> coming coming soon. It's usually me working holding him, but occasionally I have to have a babysitter because I need two free arms. He just needs to happen. Yeah. And that yeah. was. And I can't stress this enough. I really sounds so lame. I missed him so much during the concert, and just Aww. seeing kids all around with their parents, it affected my time. Like it, it really did. You know, I probably and, and I had a good time. I don't want it to be lost in any of my critiques or um, just uh, again observations. I I rather stay in observations. It's a less negative word. I I think uh, I still had a great time. So, and I, I, it was my 10th time and I hope to go again oh, and again and again and again. So I don't want that, that to, to, that to be lost. Oh, you know what, since uh, let me ask you this cause, um, and I want you to come back on and I usually have one, since you're a fan, you're not just a journalist, favorite Guns N' Roses song ever. Oh, it changes. Um, what is it today? I either the last like two, three years I've been saying either civil war or rocket queen. Okay. I like it. I like it. Yeah. My wife, for whatever reason, thought it was called Uncivil War. I'm like, <laughs> that's never, I don't even think that's a phrase. She's yeah. like, she's like, they spelled hard school with a K. Are you really going to judge me for thinking it was called Uncivil? Oh, I was like, all right, I guess. Um, sure. What about your favorite piece of Guns N' Roses memorabilia? Is it a screenshot of you and Slash or any, or maybe a shirt or a trinket um could be a memory it's funny i have a whole shadow box up here that i'm looking at um that i made in 2016 after the three shows that i shadow of your love box (laughs) true true i I missed that opportunity there (laughs) um i have like a marker in there that a security guard gave me when i tried to wait after one of the shows to get something signed did not work i have probably i have a real rose that i bought that somehow still hasn't fallen apart um, to bring to show, I bought a bouquet of roses and gave them to my friends so we could go in. Um, 
all these like yeah these little things and then i don't know i mean probably the coolest thing aside from the screenshot of the interview with slash is um i got a backstage pass from axel's manager someone who works in their camp came up to me when i was in the pit by myself at one of the shows and asked if i wanted to go backstage after the show and i was at first i he just asked me if i was alone he's like are you alone and i'm like uh and then he and then i realized who he was and was I'm he like, fernando uh, yeah. was it fernando maybe andre okay are okay. you alone? And That's usually not what the first question you want to ask a woman nowadays. No. Are you alone? No, and I, I literally was two seconds of telling him off, and I look up, and I'm like, I, I, as soon, I knew who he was oh. as soon as I saw him, and I went, yeah, I'm alone. <laughs> and uh, he's like, you want to come backstage? And I was like, yep. <laughs> and so I'm texting like my friends that I know have been backstage before and they're like, Oh, you're going to go to one of Axel's parties. Like, that's so awesome. I'm in Charlotte by myself with a 6am flight to come home the next day before work. And I'm like, okay, I don't know how long I'm going to be able to stay at this party. But so I go backstage and I'm with like two or three other girls. Nobody comes back. Oh. One of the, one of their like managers or something came back and was like, nobody's coming, go home. And so I tried to find my way out of the arena and I ended up getting lost. And then the same guy saw me and, and thought that I was trying to go like stalk them or something. And he grabbed me by the arm and was like, nope, you, you've got to get out of here. Like, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> and I come out of the arena and there's this crowd of people like waiting to like buy the buses to try to see the band and I'm getting escorted out. I'm like, this looks so bad right now. It's not what it looks like. <laughs> like nobody came back. Um, well, but funny. I have that pass in that shadow box and it has his initials written on it. Because oh, that's that perfect. Because like it comes so with funny. a memory, an awkward, awkward memory, but I love it. A memory that almost happened, but didn't. Oh, perfect. <laughs> so. oh, oh, thank you, Lauren. Um, any articles uh, coming out that we should be looking out for, for you, from you or interviews? Well, we posted last night, obviously, um, that perhaps came out and then... We're, we're going to share again when the link comes out. That's not anything exciting. Um, as far as like Guns N' Roses related. Well, anything you have going on. It's, I know you, you cover a lot of bands. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually did want to do like an evolution of how their shows have changed since the reunion kicked off because the set's been very different like since then. So cool. I thought that would be something kind of cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right now, I am working on a list that's going to come out tomorrow, and it's the most shocking rock and metal moments of the 1970s. <laughs> so that's going to be like a series. I'm going to do 80s, 90s, and, and so forth, because awesome. I've been kind of on a crime kick lately. I was a criminology major. so <laughs> oh, but, oh, that's very cool. So, uh, yeah, I'll be on the lookout for that. Loudwire does some great stuff. So, uh, obviously, so does Lauren Schaffner. So you're on uh, X, you're on Instagram. People want to follow you and keep up to date with all your Guns N' Roses fandom and your articles and your interviews, right? Best place? And I'm on TikTok, too. I oh, talk about them a lot there. <laughs> TikTok. Yeah, so am I. I, I post... Well, I, when he gets more aware, there's going to be a ton of GNR baby videos. But right now, it's just like highlight interview videos. Yeah. Uh, TikTok. I can't wait. You're not on threads, are you? That's, is, is that... I, I am, but I don't oh. really use it. Oh. I made it just because I was like, I feel like I should, but... Uh, 
I feel like it's going to be like Google Plus. It's just going to be here and then not. Until they make it so that your only your feed is made up of who you're following instead of everybody who's on the platform, oh. I don't really want to look at it. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I have a hard time reading my friends, my own friend thoughts, let alone a bunch <laughs> yeah. of strangers. Jeez. Yeah. All right. Well, that does it for this episode of Appetite for Distortion. What's to come? I don't think they're releasing another single anytime soon, so I don't think I'm going to do another quick interview uh, turnaround. But uh, be on the lookout uh, perhaps next week for my interview with uh, Death Clock Metalocalypse uh, founder Brendan Small. And uh, so that was a really fun interview. And don't forget, follow Appetite for Horror as well, my horror spinoff. Are you a horror chick, horror girl? Yeah. Okay. Not huge, but I'm into it, yeah. All right, cool. I just interviewed um, Lori from The Walking Dead. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, Sarah Wing Cowley's, and she was really cool. And an interview I have in the can, the director of Sharknado. Wow. <laughs> All those Sharknado. So that's been a lot of fun, too. Hopefully, maybe that'll be my way I can interview Slash. I can get him to talk about horror. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We'll see. We'll see. You'll be my oh, call. You'll, if you ever you talk to him again, put in a good word if you can. Okay. All right. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Try. That does it for this episode of Appetite for Distortion. When will you see the next one? In the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, I don't know if soon is the word. But you'll see it. Thanks to the lame-ass security, I'm going home.